Hi, my name is Steve Thomas, lead pastor of the First Baptist Church of Delray Beach. Welcome to our podcast. We hope that you're encouraged as together we open God's word and consider how it applies to our lives. Well, how are you doing in the second Sunday of 2020? Good. I see some goods out there. I see some people smiling, saying, you know, I, I, I thought about 2020 and I'm staying on course pretty much. I, I've thought about what my, my plan is for 2020 and I'm, I'm kind of, I'm not too far off, right? I see a lot of that. And some of you are not saying anything at all. You're just kind of looking down. Started off good for a couple days. Maybe you got to get back on track. You know, when you think about the new year, we're thinking about what? We're thinking about purpose, aren't we? What is it? that I really need to do? What do I need to accomplish? Um, Does my life really line up with what I say my purpose is? And when you look back at 2019, you're probably thinking, you know, it kind of did, but here I got off track a little bit, and and I really want my life to kind of really align more with what I say I value. It's interesting when you think of mission and purpose, I love to look at corporate mission statements. I think they're very interesting. And let me just share a couple with you. This is Starbucks' mission. Our mission is to charge way too much. No, that's not, no, that's not on there, is it? Go to the next slide, please. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> I, love, I love Starbucks. Um, Starbucks says, our mission is to inspire and nurture the human spirit. Sounds really good, doesn't it? One person, one cup, one neighborhood at a time. Man, it just... Seems like your life's going to be better just for showing up, doesn't it? Um, Panera Bread, a loaf of bread in every arm. I didn't know that was their mission today. I go there a lot. I love that. I didn't know that their mission was to give me a loaf of bread in every arm. That would be amazing because obviously I love bread. Amen? I mean, Coca-Cola actually I think is really good. It says to refresh the world. And I love Coca-Cola. Um, to inspire moments, and this is what's funny, I don't know how you get this from a cola, but to inspire moments of optimism and happiness, okay, uh, to create value and make a difference. Now we're getting closer. Now we're getting closer, because if you look at these mission statements, they, they sound really good, but I'm wondering if they don't achieve that mission, what will happen? I worked for a Fortune 500 a publicly held company for about 14 years. And uh, we talked about mission a lot and talked about what are we trying to do. You know, we're pro- trying to provide goods and services to our customers at a fair cost, right? That's, that's pretty good, isn't it? We're trying to improve customer satisfaction. We're, we're, trying, to, uh, we're trying to build uh, human resources. We're trying to train people. We want to uh, provide income for our employees. All that was really good. But it wasn't the mission of the company. And I had a boss tell me this one time. He said, you know what the mission is? Thank you. It's to create value for our stockholders. Right? Because if we don't create value for stockholders, we're not in business. If you don't make a profit as a business, it's called a hobby. Right? It's like a boat. It's a hole in the water you pour money in. It's worth it. Totally worth it, John. Totally worth it. Um, But our mission as a company, for all the good things that we wanted to do, 
you could not do them and you could still stay in business, couldn't you? As long as you created a profit for your, for your owners, you could stay in business. So really your purpose has to be in view. Well, you do a lot of other great things. But if you don't create value for your owners, you don't get to stay in business. It's really important for us to think about what we do as a church. That's why on this Sunday every year, this Vision Sunday, we've got to focus on what it is we actually do, what really matters. Some people would say, well, a church, what they're supposed to do is care for people. Yeah, that's, that's good. Church should visit people in the hospital. Yeah, should do that. That's good. Uh, church should, um, should train people, should teach people. That's all good stuff, Right? But we could do all that and still not achieve the mission of Christ. That's what I want us to focus on. What did Jesus say we absolutely have to get done? All these other things are nice and important, but they they don't necessarily achieve the mission. We can raise a nice community. We can have build friendships. uh, We can do a lot of nice events. But if we don't do what Jesus is going to tell us to do in Acts chapter 1, verses 6 through 8, we will have failed. I like to make things as simple as possible for myself and for others. So let's look at Acts chapter um, 1, verses 6 through 8. And as you're looking at that, we always preach out of the Bible here. This is an actual Bible. And uh, you can get out your electronic Bible. That's a great thing to have. But I encourage people to always open the Bible and actually look at it. It is God's Word. And as we think about... This verse, verses we're about to read, I want you to think what people typically try to get out of church. What do they typically try to get out of church? See, sometimes we think that church is a place I'm going to go get something. And people leave, they say, you know what, I'm not getting this, I'm not getting that. Okay. Okay. I'm not getting fed, I'm not making friends. Um, pastor doesn't wear the right clothes, whatever it is, right? Um, But that's really not what church is, is it? And sometimes we give a confusing message, and it seems like we're saying, hey, come in, and we're going to give you all this stuff, and we're going to ask you for your money, and we're going to ask you to serve, right? It gets all confused, and it gets all muddled. But really, really, we're not here to get so much as we're here to serve. I love Mark Sayers in his book, Disappearing Church. He says this. He says, we're not seekers. We're slaves. The churches that do not fade and disappear in the third culture of the West will be churches that preach, teach, and live out the truth, though we are called to live as slaves of Christ. A church fragrance of selflessness, and get this, in a culture of selfishness. Great book, Disappearing Church, Mark says. Look with me then at Acts chapter 1, verses 6 through 8. The Bible says this, so when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? They said to them, it is not for you to know the times or seasons that the father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. 
Uh, this is a scene, if you're familiar with the Bible, you know that the first four books of the Bible are the gospel accounts. They are the story of Jesus uh, from four different perspectives. And the book of Acts is what happens after Jesus is, this is, Jesus is about to be resurrected and what happens after Jesus rises from the dead. And so we have the disciples who have gathered and they're trying to figure out what's going to happen next. And so their perspective is what is typical, right? Uh, Jesus... Just curious, been with you for a while now. That's what I would say, right? Been with you, just, just don't want to be too uh, obnoxious here, but kind of, is, are you going to go ahead and do what we've been waiting for you to do all this time? Are you going to go ahead and make something awesome happen? Are you going to go ahead and give us this kingdom? Jesus, are you going to give us what we want? Again, we come to God saying, I, I want stuff, and Jesus is going to turn their, he's going to turn their purpose around, Right? He's going to turn their purpose around into something that was just really mind-blowing. Jesus, are you going to give us the kingdom? Are you going to, are you going to defeat our enemies? Are you, going to, are you going to get rid of those who oppress us? Are you going to make us important? Are you going to give us all the stuff that we long for? And Jesus has a very different response to them. He says to them, and I, I think very graciously, he says, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons the Father has fixed by his own authority. In other words, there's a lot of stuff you're not going to know. And he says, I, I want you to be all right with that. Stuff you don't know about what God's going to do, isn't there? We'd like to know, wouldn't you? We'd like to know what's going to happen tomorrow. We'd like to know this or that. There's all kinds of things we'd like to know. But Jesus says, listen, it's in the future. And if I told you now, you wouldn't be able to handle it. It would mess up your life. I, I want you to listen to what I'm about to tell you. As we look at verse 8, look how many times the word you is used. They're asking Jesus, what are you going to do? And he says, here's what you're going to do. Right? He puts it right back in their lap. And he's about to empower them to do the incredible. Look at this. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon who? You. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria to the end of the, all the, of the earth. I want to do something through you. I'm going to empower you. I understand where the disciples are at at this point. Well, First of all, before we go there, what's the message of this verse? What does Jesus say that we must do as a church? What's the assignment? What's the big picture? It's very simple. The message of the church is this. Make him known. Make him known. That's our whole theme this year and going forward. We have to understand Jesus has called us to do one thing, really. Make him known. People may say, well, you know what? Aren't I supposed to convince people? Aren't I supposed to debate people? Aren't I supposed to straighten out all the sinners around me who are doing these awful things? Don't I need to be judgmental? No, 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 no. You need to make Jesus known. So your question in every situation, whether it's in your work, in your neighborhood, uh, at the Starbucks, uh, wherever you are at your school, your question is this, how do I make him known in this situation? See, if we can connect Jesus to people, he can deal with them. That's his job. As I said last week, when are we going to be as grieved over our own sin as we are upset about someone else's, right? When we start getting grieved about our own sin... 
we can start to love people the way that we need to love them. And we can make it our purpose to make him known. That's what it means to make a disciple, is to make him known. Help people know Jesus in every area of their life. To help people know what it means to know Jesus in their work. To help people know how to, how to make, to help people know Jesus in the things that they do every day, in their relationships, in their work, and their purpose. Purpose is to make him known. See, the disciples are messed up at this point. They've got to be adjusted. And they're thinking, Jesus, we've spent three years with you. We left our homes. We left our jobs. We left our families. We, we kind of traveled around as this group of, of 13 people, 12 guys following you. Kind of look kind of weird, really. Uh, but we lived with you. We walked with you everywhere. And we saw you do amazing things. We saw you heal people. We saw you raise people from the dead. Unbelievable. We saw you cast out demons. We saw you feed people, uh, thousands of people from this one uh, Chick-fil-A sandwich. We, We couldn't believe it, right? It was incredible what we saw you do. And not only that, Jesus, we heard your message. We heard your message, which was this. The time has come. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the good news of God. And not only that, we got to share your message, and we, we saw people actually respond to your message through us. It, it was incredible. Then, right when we thought you were going to take over, you let them take you and put you on a cross. And we, you, you let them embarrass you. You let them kill you. You let them bury you. But then you rose from the dead. It's amazing, Jesus, all, all that you've done and all that we've seen. And so understand this. At this point, the disciples know something about Jesus, right? They know Jesus. So when he gives them this, he gives them this command, this go and make me known, they, they know him already. They know a lot about him. And I would say to you today, if you studied his word, you know something about Jesus, right? You know something. His word is available for us to know him. See, there's really three ways for us to know him. And if we're going to make him known, there's, there's three things we need to do. We need to know Jesus, we need to know others, and we need to actually make him known. But they don't just know him through his teaching. They know him personally. And they're about to have something incredible happen. It's just hard to fathom. He says, the, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit jumps on you, right? When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you're going to receive power. And Jesus had told them about this in John chapter 14, verse 23. Jesus says this, he answered them, he says, if anyone loves me, and get this, we're going to talk a little bit more about this next week. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home with him. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him. And we will come, we'll make our home with him. Does God live with you? I mean, does God live in your house? Does God live in your being? You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. I love this, this whole thing, that the 
God is going to live with us. And this is what he's, he's looking forward to in John. He's looking forward to the Holy Spirit coming in Acts chapter 2 when there'll be this incredible coming of the Holy Spirit. Um, John 16, 7 says this, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come. But if I go, I will send him to you. Jesus is saying, listen, you're going to be better off after I'm gone because the Holy Spirit is better than having me personally with you. So First Baptist Church of Delray Beach, you're better off than the disciples before they receive the Holy Spirit. If you have received the gift of salvation through repentance and faith, you have God in you. You have something so amazing that it's worth sharing. Know Jesus. We know Jesus by knowing his word, by knowing what he taught, and we can do that through the scriptures, and by knowing his Holy Spirit, because he says he's going to come and live with us in our house, in our bodies, right? And the third way we know him is that we know him through others. I want to encourage you. I hope you have people in your life that can pour into it that can encourage you, who are filled with the Spirit. And when you ask them a question, they're not just giving you some kind of an educated answer. They're giving you a Holy Spirit answer. You know, I hope you have people like that. I've been blessed at people for some reason. God has brought them into my life, that have poured into my life. See, the disciples had each other. They were able to encourage one another. That's why church is so important. You should have a sense when you're here that there are others who are also filled with the Spirit who can help you know Jesus. But know Jesus through His Word, through His Spirit, and through others. But if I know Jesus and I want to make Him known, I need to know some people, right? We need to know some people that don't know Jesus, so we need to know others. In verse 8, it said, you'll be my witnesses uh, in your own house and inside the church walls, right? No, it says, you're going you're gonna to make me known where? In Jerusalem. That's the people they knew, the people that was kind of around their circle, the people in their town. In Judea, the surrounding area of Jerusalem. In Samaria, even further than that. And to the ends of the earth. And here's what it means to us. You say, well, I don't really know if I can get to Jerusalem this month, Steve. I like to, uh, I don't know if I can get to Samaria. Here's, here's what he's saying. Everywhere you go, everywhere you go, the places that you already are and the places that God will send you or that you'll find yourself, who do you know? Who do you know? What are some areas that God wants to put you in? Maybe some places that you may, you may find this year you have a job change and you wind up somewhere else. You may find you have something in your community that changes and you wind up moving or you have a, a, a different pattern to your life. You have to know others. We'll talk about this in a couple of weeks, but just briefly, you may say, well, how do I get there with those relationships? How does that work? I mean, it seems kind of odd to kind of make the leap from, hey, we're, we're talking about the fact that uh, New England is the dynasty's over, praise God, right? We t how do we move from there to talking about the fact that someone's going to hell and, and that Jesus wants to say, how do I make that move? How do I make the move, you know, from, from an argument over politics? Please don't do that, incidentally. Don't argue. It's not worth it. Represent Christ. Represent issues. Um, how do I move from that to, to who is Jesus? And how do I make that move? Let me just give you a couple of thoughts here. The first is, you got to make connection. 
whatever that connection is. Apostle Paul did this very well. He'd go into a city, he'd notice something, he'd talk about that, right? There has to be a connection. And secondly, you really have to care. Seems obvious, doesn't it? Sadly, sometimes believers in the past would just, hey, just let me tell you everything I know. Let me just spit it all out, and then I will have told you, and then it's your problem. And I'll have checked off my box of something. No, listen, you have to connect, and you have to care. You have to really want what's best for that person. You have to want them to have this Jesus that you know. To connect, you have to care, and then you have to communicate. You have to talk. And you don't have to argue. You just have to talk. Connect, care, and communicate people around you. And you'll be amazed at what God can do through that. You'll be faithful to do that. You know, there's a lot of ways that Christ has been shared in the past, and they've been good, right? Billy Graham was the man, right? Billy Graham was the, the greatest evangelist of all time. And people flocked to his crusades. A lot of people got saved, but that's really not what God is using today. And I've got to be careful because sometimes we're so excited about taking someone somewhere and we miss out on what the personal relationship is. That's why we're so big on this Timothy initiative. We want people to have the sense of, no, I actually know someone I can touch. And believe me, I, I love Billy Graham. I love Franklin Graham. Great. But don't substitute that for the personal relationship and the journey that you need to be on with somebody. It's the most fulfilling thing you'll ever do. So we've got to know Jesus, we've got to know others, and then we have to make him known. We have to make him known. Why? See, here's the thing. We know Jesus, we know other people, but there's, sometimes there's, you know what, you know what inertia is? If you've, you're science teachers, you know what that is, right? Uh, inertia is the tendency for a body to, in motion, stay in motion, right? Body at rest stays at rest. That's the one we're used to, right? Body at rest stays at rest. When I'm in my chair, that's the place I want to be, right? It takes a lot more to get me out of that chair than it does just to take a step if I'm already moving, right? I know none of you know what this is like, but... We have to overcome our spiritual inertia. It's way easier just to talk to the people you already know, who already like you, who may already know Jesus. You have to take that extra step to break that inertia and actually do something, actually know someone, actually take someone to the next level. And you may say, well, why? Why? Give me some reasons. What's our assignment, first of all? Jesus Christ, whose spirit lives within you, if you're a believer, that's what he's told you to do. If I don't really want to take someone to the next level, if I really don't want to make Jesus known, am I really a disciple? Am I? Think about that. Some of you feel like, well, I've done what I needed to do to get into heaven, so I'm good, and I go to church, and I serve. Now listen, Jesus said this, you need to make me known. You need to make me known. Second, it's really how you get to know Jesus, quite honestly. You know, the best way to know someone is to do something with them, isn't it? Especially for us men, right? Ladies, you can sit across the table from each other and get to know each other. If me and another guy have to sit across the table from each other, get to know each other, that's not always the best thing. We need to be eating or doing something, or better yet, cutting something up 
or working on something. To get to know Jesus, you follow him. You follow him. Matthew 16, 24 says this. If Jesus says, if anyone would come after him, after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. In other words, to deny the easy life and say, Jesus, I want to do something that matters. I want to follow you. I want to make you known the way you made yourself known. You feel distant from God today. You may just need to start following him and making him known. That's the way you get to know him. But also, when you think about, well, why should I do this? Why should I make him known? What's the big deal? Well, compassion demands it. This world is full of the cry out for compassion. I love Romans 10, 17. It says this, 10, 14. How then will they call on him to whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him and whom they've never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent as it is written? How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Don't I care? Don't I care for the people around me? Don't I, I, I care that they have what they desperately need? But also, it's what we were made to do. It's why you have the influence you have. It's why you're in the place that you're in. It's what Jesus has made us to do. We talked last week about Psalm 1, verses, Psalm 1, the whole Psalm, and verse 2 and 3 talk about this. When it talks about producing fruit and being who we were made to be, it says, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and all he does, he prospers. Let me ask you, don't you want to do what you were made to do? Really, think about that for just a moment. Do I want to do exactly what Jesus wants me to do? Is that my purpose? Does it align with his purpose? Or have I tweaked it somewhat? And have I made it be what I want it to be? I want to encourage you. The only peace you're going to find in this life is when you align your life with Jesus. You're going to continue to struggle and be in a battle with him over, well, I want to spend my money on this. Jesus says, no, you need to spend it on this or you need to give it in this way. I want to spend my time this way. Just listen, you're missing out on the greatest joy you'll ever have to make a disciple. You know, parenting is the ultimate uh, suspense movie, right? What are they going to turn out like? And parents wring their hands at night hoping they're making the right decisions. And, and you, you try to figure out, am I doing the right thing? Am I, am I, should I let them do this? Should I not let them do this? Should I expose them to this? Should I expose them to that? It's the ultimate suspense, but it's the ultimate joy when you see them do what they were made to do. When you see them take those steps and you watch them follow Jesus and you see them grow up and you see them graduate and marry and be awesome, it's the greatest thing. The same is true for making a disciple. It's a long process. But it's what you were made to do. So today, Virgil, would you pass out those cards? I've got a card I want you to look at. And uh, 
as you consider, how do I make him known? So that's always the question. Is this going to be something really hard? Is it going to be something only super Christians can do? You know the super Christians, right? Um, you, know, you could all point to them right now. We won't do that. But a super Christians, those are the people who really know. They, they've been in their Bible. They can always they can tell you right where Hezekiah is, the book of Hezekiah, which is not in the Bible. Um, you know those people. No, this is something you can do. Something you can do. It's what we're going to be all about this year as we make him known in 2020. I'm going to make him known in 2020. If you take that card, it's an opportunity for you to put your name on it. And this is so the staff can, and our leaders can pray for you, kind of keep up with you and what you're doing. Um, we are not going to come to your house and go, I don't think you've been doing this. Hey, Jill. I don't know, I don't see this. Um, it's not what we're going to do. The idea is that we make a commitment at the beginning of the year to say, I want to make him known. And there's four easy ways to make him known. You can choose one, you can choose all four, you can choose zero, and that's really sad. Um, but today, I want you to take this card. The first one says this, I want to help one person know Jesus. And put their name there, first name. I want to help one person. I want to make Jesus known to one person and put their name there. I'm just going to pray. God, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't have some grand strategy, but I want to help one person know Jesus this year. Make him known to one person. Just put their name right there. Just write their name in there. It doesn't have to be just going to be their first name. Um, you're going to help one person. Second, say, man, I would like to participate in this thing you guys keep talking about called the Timothy Initiative. I would like to spend seven weeks just going through what it means to be a disciple, why that's so important. I want to do that in a, in a small group setting where I can actually ask someone the questions rather than a big, large class where i got to kind of embarrass myself that I don't know what I think. I'd, listen, let me just say, not everyone, a lot of people don't know. You need to always ask questions. But we're in a very small group environment, and I'm going to take this book called Multiply, and I'm going to read it, and I'm going to answer the questions every week. It's only eight or nine pages. It's very easy, but it does require some work. Um, and I'm going to do that for the, first, for the next seven weeks starting Wednesday night at 6.30. We're going to have a meeting, of interest meeting, right down here in front right where Julie's sitting uh, right after the service. You can come here about it and, and have your questions answered. So that's number two. I want to make him known. I want to be equipped to actually make a disciple, to actually walk beside someone. Third... I'm going to participate in social media and church outreach. You say, Pastor, that sounds very secular. Listen, social media is like the drugstore bulletin board. And back in the day, if you've ever been to a drugstore that had a bulletin board, um, it, it is the place, it's a town square. Um, that If you're on social media, if you're not, I'm not asking you to get on social media, but if you are, that you will check in, that you'll share. Like we post stuff. A couple times a week, you'll share that with your network so people can know, hey, listen, they're involved in this church. Um, it makes a huge difference in people knowing about us. And also, I'm going to participate in church outreach events. We do picnics. We do outreach events. And the idea there is that we have our people come and try to walk beside people and get to know people so they can make him known. And it might be that, thirdly, a lot of you are sharing but if are serving, but if you're not serving, if you're not serving right now or you want to serve in one of these other positions that are listed on this card, I'd love for you to check that box and we will contact you. So listen, I just want to do something because serving 
is helping to make disciples. Because this church exists to make disciples, and from the ushers to the greeters to the welcome center people to our security team, everything that we do to our children's team, our student team, our adult team, all those things help to make disciples. So you know what, Steve, I don't know if I can do everything, but I, I want to serve. I just want to do one thing. And you know what, you don't even have to do it every week. There are rotations that will put you on. I want to encourage you. Will you make him known in 2020? Take just a minute and fill out that card. I'm going to give you just a minute. Thanks for joining us today. If this message spoke to you, consider sharing it with a friend or on social media. Just tag us at First Baptist Del Rey. If you'd like to support this ministry, go to fbcdelray.com. Hope to see you again next time. God bless.